This is Josh Mills. And this is John Mills. Welcome back to another episode of Acquired Tastings. We are very, very happy to have you guys here. We hope that those of you who are celebrating Christmas are having a wonderful Christmas time. We're I think this is going to release very near to Christmas Day. So that's right. Hope you guys are having a safe holiday season. We are happy that you chose to spend some time with us today for a beer podcast. All right. All right. So, Dan, what type of beers are we doing today? And why don't you go ahead and tell everybody your snacks and your beer? We're doing sours. We did that once before. So, this is sour beer number two. And I'm doing the Rogue Combat Wombat. Ooh. And my snacks are goat cheese, chili, raspberry orange scones, and I have some blood orange marmalade. Wait, goat cheese chili? What's goat cheese chili? No, no. Goat (laughs) cheese is one. (laughs) You want me to start over? No, it's fine. (laughs) Well, you can put some goat cheese in your chili. You know, I might, actually. Probably would be pretty good. Probably would we be. It kind of do it. that sour cream kind of thing. It would. You know. It would. Huh. We'll have to. We may have to try that. Okay. Well, cool. So you're Goat doing. cheese. Comma. <laughs> <laughs> chili. Comma. And the scone. So that's going to be really good. Uh, I am doing from Left Hand Brewing. Wheels goes around. A lemon and raspberry goza. And my pairings are. I went a little fat heavy. Because, you know. Tart beers. I was thinking mm-hmm, fat mm-hmm. when I come to my pairings, so I did some brie cheese, mm-hmm. some Kentucky Fried Chicken, all right, and a mint chocolate chip cheesecake. Oh, okay. That so looks I think good. thinks yeah, these are going to be re- really good. My mouth's already watering over here thinking about oh, yeah. the sours and the foods. But before we jump into that, we got to talk about last week's blind. We did have a blind. We did have a blind, and I thought it was a Pinot Grigio from. Northern Italy. And yeah, you said old world. Yep. So, Dad, what was the wine? Well, Josh, it was New World because it's Oyster Bay out of New Zealand. Okay. And it's a Pinot Gris. Okay. So, you know, in my book, that's close. I mean, old world, new world, I don't know how you figure that out. There's probably some structure. Pinot Gris, Pinot Grigio. Same grape. Same grape. Yep. You know, so, so this was the down under, yeah, <laughs> Pinot Gris. And then we did one from. Let's see, the last wine one was the Santa Margarita from Italy. That's right. And then we did a, a old world or new world one this time. So right. Well, cool. So I have a little tidbit too. Um, we're recording this after there were some terrible, terrible, terrible tornadoes. Yes. That ran through. I'm not sure how many states, and they're even trying to figure out if this supercell actually went 250 miles on the ground. Wow, one and tornado. Yeah, lots of people have died, so we're we're looking up and thinking about that. Yeah. Thinking about all the families that uh, lost loved ones or loved ones are still trapped somewhere. Yeah. So, so we know we want to take a second and realize that we're very, we're very lucky and we're very blessed that that I mean, because the storm went went through Arkansas. Yes, it hit know. Arkansas. But yeah, it didn't hit, but it didn't hit where we were. I think there the was one person that died, and it was a it hit a nursing home. Yeah, it hit a and it hit up in the north in the yeah, northeastern yeah. start right. part of the state. So we're thinking of everybody going through that time, or and thinking of everybody going through a holiday season. You know, missing a loved one, where this may be their first time uh, without that loved one. So 
But as we're going in, we're going to go ahead and get into these lovely little sour beers. And we're going to start with mine. Uh, once again, mine is the Wheels Goes Around from Left Hand Brewing. Uh, it is a lime, or excuse me, a lemon and raspberry goza. Yeah, and so when I I gave it a good little nose, and that's exactly what you get. You get the raspberry straight out. I mean, that's the first thing you smell. And then I did get some lime or some lemon right yeah. behind it. Yeah, this is a really fun beer. Uh, Jordan and I had this for the first time over in the summer. You okay. know, when Left Hand start. Well, Left Hand came. Uh, about a year ago now, but the first summer that they had came this through, we had this and we really, really enjoyed it. It does have that beautiful smell of lemon and raspberry. It really just smells like you put your face in a raspberry bush. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's got a beautiful color too. It's, mm -hmm. it's kind of that reddish raspberry color, not as deep as a red raspberry itself, but right. it's got that pink kind of raspberry color. Yeah, and as for eating the pairings, uh, just a reminder, we have some fried chicken, we have brie cheese, and we have a mint chocolate chip cheesecake. I think these can really go in any order, um, but if you want to go from appetizer to main to dessert, you can. But if you want to eat the cheesecake first, then you could totally do that. I'm looking at the chicken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's good. So just a little bit about this beer while Dad's go ahead and getting getting into some of the pairings. Um, this is from Left Hand Brewing. Uh, Left Hand is probably one of my favorite Colorado brewers that we get here in the state. Um, they it is four point four percent alcohol, so about the same as a Bud Light. Mm -hmm. So really low in alcohol. IBUs they say it's fourteen. Mm. So that bitter and tart, you know, mm -hmm. is something completely different. Mm -hmm. um, like I said, it's pink. It really is that like light pink mm -hmm. color. And, you know, they say that it's got, they use lemon peel, they use lat raspberries, and then actually a little bit of salt mm -hmm. to help give you some of that like prickly salinity. This is not, to me, an extremely tart sour. No, it's not. This is a very easy, easy drinking sour. In preparation today, I had a, I had a sour from... Oh, gosh, I can't remember the name. So of I was supposed to be drinking IPAs. Well, you could in preparation. <laughs> I just tried to make it sound good rather than say I was day drinking. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> but no, I had a uh, Jordan had bought a six pack of Key Lime Goza oh. from a different brewery. I think it's called Sour House or the Sour Guys. Um, I can't remember, but it is like you just bit into something super tart. And it has that really tart, limey taste, um, but it's really good. But this one, it's mm. really easy on the palate. It doesn't doesn't prickle your tongue. It definitely makes your mouth water. You do know that you're drinking a sour with this one. Mm -hmm. So, and I had the chicken, and the you know I love the chicken skin. So, first I'm eating the chicken skin, there is a lot of salt mm -hmm. on that. Was it KFC? Yeah, it's KFC. Yeah, KFC chicken. And there is enough salt in this beer that you're really kind of getting a pairing of like-like. And then here comes that sour that just overshadows that salt and, and the Kentucky Fried Chicken skin. Yeah. So that's kind of what... They really go pretty well together. Yeah. So kind of like I mentioned at the beginning, the 
the idea behind these pairings for me was what's going to play well with the tartness mm-hmm. of the beer. And I know that acid and fat right. are the opposite ends of the spectrum. Right. So the acid, you're having that tart, mm-hmm. that tart acid, and the fat's going to cut through it. And then the fat's going to cut through the acid. Right. Like the, with the brie cheese, you get that big, lovely, buttery taste of the cheese. And then you have the beer. And it's really, it's nice and light and fruity. The tartness really isn't as prevalent as it is before. So now I'm eating the chicken itself. <laughs> and there's there's that, you know, the chicken's not fatty, but they fried it, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Some kind of fat. Well, cannoli or peanut oil. Or I'm not sure. Which. I don't know what KFC uses. But you're getting that fat from that frying. Mm-hmm. And it goes really well with this beer. Yeah. So, best on plate. Right there. <laughs> <laughs> you still got two other things to try. I know, I know. It's just hard to, you know, have the chicken. <laughs> not <laughs> Just eat the chicken. So, like I mentioned before, one of the reasons I really like left-handed is because I'm a left, I'm left-handed. Yeah. So it was always one of those like connection points for me. It's like, oh, hey, look, a beer. That's left-hand beer. But also, and where's the milk stout? Well, that's where I was going <laughs> <laughs> with this. Is, and I think we actually, I know I've done left-hand before. I did the nitro milk stout. I know you did. Yeah. Back at the beginning of the beginning yeah. of the series. Um, so we've talked a little bit about left hand itself but they i love love them because and i got hooked on them because of that nitro milk stout mm-hmm. and it was christmas time it was actually christmas time when we went to copper okay yeah when we went to copper mountain the first first christmas that we traveled as there's just the four of us mm-hmm. and we went to copper mountain i remember we stopped at a king super mm-hmm. for to get food because we stayed in a little condo that had a kitchen. and That's we, where we bought our ski tickets, too. Yeah, that was the other thing is we bought our ski tickets, mm-hmm. our lift tickets at at King Super. and But right next door to King Super was a liquor store. Because I guess in Colorado, at that mm. point, there was some, I don't know why. I don't know. I think we, we bought some beer, but they also had a liquor store that had a whole bunch of beer. And I just remember we... <laughs> we we went in there, we bought, you know, all the stuff that we were going to need, we thought, mm-hmm. um, and the, this left-hand milk stout was one of the things that was there, because I'm a huge stout head, but then get that, I get that milk stout, and it is just absolutely amazing. A little bit, of, a little bit more about left-hand, um, just in case you may not have listened to the first episode, or, you know, you're... Um, you're new to the podcast. We've got a lot of new listeners, um, so they may not have listened to the to that one before. Um, Left Hand is about 26 years old. Uh, they've been brewing in Longmont, Colorado. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Longmont is kind of in this area where there's a lot of different breweries, right? And kind of you know it's up near where New Belgium is. Mm-hmm. It's actually up near where Coors. Coors is it's north of that, but yeah, but it's up. It's kind of up in that outside of Denver mm-hmm. area. Uh, great, I think Great Divide has a tap room up there. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of lot of cool Colorado brewer mm-hmm. brewing going on there. Coors, cool. Mm. 
Okay. Others. <laughs> <laughs> but it's got a lot of brewing history. And, you know, they're one of the ones that also are, you know, really, really conscious about the earth mm-hmm. and what sustainability. And in along with that, the brewers, like kind of New Belgian brewers, they are bike riders. So this beer was made specifically to help with the MS-150 team. Um, Yeah, so they brewed it to bring awareness for multiple sclerosis. Mm -hmm. And the team left hand since 2008 has been riding in the MS-150 to raise money and help people with MS. They have actually raised more than $5 million. Oh, wow. And I think it's just from proceeds from this beer. Oh, okay. That doesn't count what else they've what else they've donated. But they this beer specifically, they use some of the profits to donate to multiple sclerosis, and that's why it's called Wheels Goes Around. Okay, and it comes okay. out in the summer around you know the time when the MS one fifty is mm-hmm. is written. So that's another really cool thing about this beer that I really like. Tell me what cheese we have again. It's brie. Very good. Mm-hmm. Just a double cream brew. Yeah. Got that fattiness. So it goes well with this beer. You've got some good pairings, Josh. I think that cheesecake is going to be a really good one as well because, you know, it's it's got some fat and mm-hmm. cheesecake and it's got the chocolate chips and chocolate down in it. Yeah. Now, Goza's, I don't know what your beer is because I know mine's a Goza. Mine's an IPA. Gozas are one of the styles that are considered our sour styles of beer. Right. You know, you have Berliner Weiss, you have just straight fruited sours, and then you have Gozas. Uh, Gozas are ales, so they're what type fermented? Hot or cold? Warm or cold? Warm. Top. It's a warm fermented beer. And there's. It's warm almost, outside today, but. <laughs> yeah. Not yeah, quite yeah. warm enough for letting this stuff ferment um it has usually it's about 50 percent wheat on the mash bill but they always kind of incorporate some sort of fruit or some sort of souring agent when it comes to that some use coriander or salt yeah so this has the salt in it Mm-hmm. To give it some of that extra tartness. Mm-hmm. And they're usually along the, the lower alcohol range. So, what do you think about the cheese, Dad? I love the cheese. We've got some really, really good pairings. And, you know, if you ever listen, if you do listen to us much, there's always, there seems to always be a cheese mm-hmm. on one of our plates. And goat cheese and brie seem to be of the top several. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we got that funky, and we could have tried a funky blue cheese. Yeah. And I think it might have gone well. Mm-hmm. But this goes good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, with Goza's also, they're naturally, most, or originally they were spontaneously fermented. They were also delivered with still active yeast mm-hmm. in the cast to allow it to continue to do that. And then as the... As the barrel was being emptied, then it would kind of go in the bottles. And, you know, some of them still have that that aging to mm-hmm. this day. It was mostly done in Germany originally. And it's just, it's um, 
it's a very, in, I really enjoy this type of beer. Um, it, they say it's in kind of the same family as wit beers and Berliner Weisses and mm-hmm. just kind of an extra way to sour, a sour kind of wheat beer. It's good. You know, I, I know I've had this one before. Yeah. I, I like the raspberry flavor and that tartness. It, but it's not so tart that <laughs> you can't open your mouth. Yeah, it's not. But it's not it's, a super pucker. Yeah, but it's uh, really good. And I tried it with the with the cheesecake. <laughs> I got a trouble. I got trouble, Josh. That's on plate. Oh my! You got some really good ones. I might have to just stick with the chicken. But that <laughs> now, where'd you get those little cheesecakes? Because they're what. Two and a half inches around. Yeah, I think they're about. I think they're maybe three inches. Okay, I had them at Whole Foods. Okay, in their you know pre-prepared section. Mm-hmm. So tell me, tell me about the pairing. Tell me, get. Let's go into a little bit more detail with it. Well, the chicken itself it's got that salty skin outside with that oily, fatty meat inside, and both that salt and skin. <laughs> skin's fatty and that meat inside goes well with this beer because of that fat content that's going on with that sour and fat and then the cheese i mean the brie the brie is a fatty cheese to begin with mm-hmm. it's a carambara or no it's just brie okay it's just straight yeah. brie okay but yeah it's it's the same thing, but it's it's just the fat fat. I did put it on a cracker, and I, I like the the saltiness of the cracker to go with it. And then the cheesecake. So the cheesecake doesn't have any salt, and it really doesn't have okay. It has a different kind of fat than that chicken does mm-hmm. because it's it's the cheese of fatness, mm-hmm. and then it's also got the chocolate chips and they're not they're not real high cocoa chocolate chips but they're really good and they go well with that that cheesecake Mm -hmm. and that all blends together with with the beer so (laughs) i was going through that with my mind going okay best on play Uh uh-oh but so for me the the cheesecake falls a little flat with the beer yeah the texture is a flatness Right off the bat. I mean, the cheesecake is like flat from that standpoint, and it doesn't just stand out with lots and lots and lots of flavor. Right. But what I meant by by the kind of goes flat is the cheesecake just covers the beer. Like it flattens the beer. Oh, okay. I got you. Yeah, it flattens and the it beer. And it absolutely does. You're right. There's, there's not much of the beer that cuts through. So maybe... The, this one that may just not have, not have enough. You know, maybe if it was a super like mouth pucker or type of sour, it might cut through that. Mm-hmm. I really wish it did because I I would think the mint would go really well with all the flavors of the beer. Mm-hmm. But you can't really taste it mm-hmm. because the cheesecake just kind of mm-hmm. covers your mouth and the beer doesn't cut through it. Well, the unfortunately the mint and the chocolate do overpower that raspberry sour. That's what you're really saying. Well, it's not even it's not even that. It's the it's the cheesecake 
not really the flavors in the cheesecake, just the oh, just the cream cheese sweetness, fat that just kind of coats your mouth. Okay, and it the beer can't cut through that to play with it. No, oh, okay. it just kind of okay. It runs up against like a brick wall. Oh, okay, and can't can't make it through. Okay, those are the pairings though, all three. So, what's something else that you would pair with this now that you've had this beer? So, I think you know. The chicken proved to me that you could have short ribs if that if what you wanted. And we're going to find out about this chili. And maybe chili would work with this beer. I hope it works with mine. I hadn't tried it. I didn't do the preparation that <laughs> maybe I should have. But when when you read about sours, it talks about good fatty meat. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so, you know, ribs, short ribs, you know, maybe a, you know, maybe even a tuna steak go well. Yeah, I think anything fried. I think fried fish. Well, definitely that, yeah. Fried shrimp will go well. Mm-hmm. Because of that kind of bready, little bit of extra. Yeah, it likes that bready and, and whatever salt's on that breading. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think maybe also some green, some like green greenness, like roasted or fried Brussels sprouts would kind of go good. Having some of that, some of that char, Mm -hmm. some of that char and some of that rich flavor, right? Going into it, grilled, grilled asparagus, right? And that's where the Oh, a little the raspberry and the lemon. A little rosemary in there. Mm-hmm. So you don't really think of that. I mean, and this is important for the listeners. You can sit there and drink this sour with air. Yeah. And that's fine. Or you could drink it with whatever uh, fatty food that you want. Or you could just branch out and try French fries. Yeah. Because they're fried. Right. And the salt on them. So I think there's a lot, a lot of options. Yeah, I'm just thinking of like, I think some vegetables would work well with this because of the green nature of that and then the acidity that this would bring mm-hmm. to it would kind of brighten up what you're eating. Right. I think fish, I think that, I think this could go well with a lot of different preparations of a lot of different food. Yeah, and fish is something you don't always think about and there's there's fatty fish i mean you know a salmon or or good white fish or you know maybe a maybe a trout that you went up caught out of the the white river or the little red yeah you know throw some basil in there with it well and if especially if you're going to be cooking with citrus yeah if you're going to be cooking your fish if it's going to be prepared with citrus i think this would go well salmon and tuna maybe I'm just afraid they're very assertive flavors. Right. And I don't know if they Well, would. when I do the, my tuna, I a lot of times have ginger. Mm-hmm. And so that's where I was headed. Okay. I, I think the ginger within in that, and what I do is I, I score the tuna and then chop up ginger, you know, the ginger root, and actually put that ginger root down in those slices. Right. So then you get a lot of that ginger flavor in there. Mm-hmm. And I think that go well with this beer. Yeah. 
And I think when it comes to desserts, tiramisu oh, yeah. will go really well. I think pecan sandies would go well. I don't know. I think pecan pie might be too sweet. It could be. You're I think right. some of those pies may not go as well because we do have a you have that sweetness issue. Mm-hmm. So I think that would. I think that was good. Well, uh, do you have any other any other things you want to ask me, or I'm, I think I'm kind of good. Okay. With this, I can go offline and eat some more chicken. Yeah, I probably will. <laughs> but if you're ready, we can. If you want to, we can go ahead and switch over to yours. All right. All right, All right, so uh, remind everybody what your beer is and what your pairings are. Well, it's the Rogue Combat Wombat. And you said yours was 4.4? 4.4. This is 6.7. Okay. Now, I you know, because they're, they're doing this hazy IPA sour, and I think that might have been how we, and they dry hopped it. Okay. So that may have been how we got up in alcohol as well. So the pairings, the goat cheese, some chili, and be my guest if you want to slide some of that goat cheese in there and see how that works. I, I think you're I probably, right. I probably will. Yeah, I think it would go. And then uh, raspberry orange scones. Got those at Whole Foods. Mm-hmm. And then some blood orange marmalade. Okay. Kind of slide on top of. Now, last week, what did I say? I was going to get the New Belgium Sour IPA. Yep. Here's what happened. (laughs) So I go over to Colonial. I forget what day it was. It was maybe Thursday. And I'm looking around. I can't find it. Can't find it. Find somebody to talk to. And he says, oh, it's just right over. Uh Uh-oh. We must be sold out. <laughs> Man. And his comment was, you know, and I guess I never knew this. Sours, a lot of people like sours this time of year. Apparently. Because he of, said they had a lot. Well, sours are just extremely popular. Yeah, they are. Right they come in right they're coming way back. You know? And with IPA attached to it, which are also very popular. <laughs> right. It's just like a you know, a Match made in heaven for some people. So this this beer has blood orange in it. So it's a uh, it's got Australian hops, and that's what they and I don't know which hop that is, but Australian hop that they use to dry hop it. And we've talked about dry hops, so I don't think I need to go back through there. And then it's got citrus, and it's got the kind of the tropical fruit smell. And flavor, I did try it. And then <laughs> um, there's this really funny video on the Rogue website. Yeah. And it'd be fun to play it, but we won't do that. And so it's like the brewers, and they're walking around, and they're, and they're seeing, you know, hot pellets, and they're seeing brewing going on that they didn't start and they're going what 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 what's going on here yeah and then one of the guys he kind of tried some of the brew and it has all this this blood orange in it and so he chops up some blood oranges and gets some other some citrus fruit with it 
And they come back the next day and it's gone. Uh oh. And so the combat wombat has been in their brewery making this beer. So they say. Yeah. So this has a this has a fun smell on it. It's got a very citrusy smell. And you know, it's almost not a normal citrusy smell. It's almost artificial citrus. Yeah. Kind of smell. Yeah. But it's not. Or like candied citrus. Like candied orange kind of flavor, kind of smell. And I think that's that's the interplay between the grapefruit, the blood orange, and the hops. Yeah. Because, you know, I, I'm kind of seeing that there's citra hops, and there's a, I think they have one, two, three, four, five different types of hops going on in this. But it has a really nice smell to it. Mm-hmm. It is not a resiny IPA, which I am very appreciative of. No, it's a hazy. It's a it's a well, northwest it's Ar- Ar- northwest northeast. America hazy. Northeast. Uh, uh, northeast. Yeah. Hazy type. Even Which, though they're in Oregon. Right. Well, north to me, hazy IPAs are usually very hoppy. Very hot forward. Yeah. Because they're unfiltered, unfined, so they have that kind of extra a level of hoppiness still in there that could still come through. Now, what was the I- IBUs on yours? 14. Yeah. So or 17, I think. This is 49, according to the data sheet. But that's not like Pop Stupid, which is 70 yeah. or 80 or whatever that number is. No, it doesn't come across very bitter or very sour. No. You do. It reminds me of sour orange juice so in cuban cooking or in some latin american cooking you use sour oranges uh-huh. and it kind of has that remnants of me to me of that kind of sour orangey flavor or but like, can't, can't a blood orange it can have that sour it can yeah it can this blood oranges are usually a little bit sweeter but see it's grapefruit there's grapefruit it's in the here. grapefruit that's making it go a little bit to that sour point but so what what I was trying to say was, is it has those reminders to me of like a mojo. Okay. Like a mojo marinade from, that you would do for like a Cubano sandwich. Okay. It's good. I am very glad I tried this because this is probably not something that if I would have gone to a restaurant or a beer bar or a beer garden, I would not have tried this one. But, John, but I, I'm re- I, think you, I think you would have seen, if you saw the can. Yeah. And you saw the little combat wombat, and he's blue, and he's got it. He's got his head taped up with with red tape, and then he's got the blood oranges floating around with him. I know you and blood oranges. You would have you would have been hooked as soon as you saw it. I might have, but then I would have read the words sour, new northeast style hazy India pale ale. And I might have been like, nah, let me just go to chicken. a stout. <laughs> yeah, chicken out. <laughs> but if like you or Marie would have ordered it, I probably would have tried it. But I really do right. like uh, this is this is an IPA that I could get behind. Okay, it's not very, it's not overly hoppy. You can tell the hops are there. They're driven by that citrus style hops, and they're kind of played well with with that citrus flavor. It kind of also kind of reminds me of marmalade, because you know marmalades will have that like sweet sour kind of feel. See now, 
I know why you did that now that I've tasted this. Yeah. <laughs> if we had our video, you'd see my finger going up and down at him saying, see why I, see why I chose that? Wagging his finger at me like Yeah. Oh, and the other neat thing, Josh, on, on the website, remember we talked about the Whiskey Star? Mm-hmm. They got a beer star on here. Yeah. And it's it's got sweet, tart, malt, fruit, and funk. Yeah. The funk is zero. Now, zero? I sort of disagree <laughs> when you taste it. It's, but it's, no, it's not funky. Like, well, there, there is not, this is not funky. But it's the, it could have had like one little no. tick of no. I This does not have funk. Okay. But tart's all, almost all the way up and fruit's almost all the way up. Sweet and malt are both down there. While I'm trying some goat cheese, maybe you ought to talk a little more about how you like it. <laughs> he just wants me to talk about how I like an IPA. Yeah. Get it on well, record. Get it out in the world. Well, it's on ratebeer.com. It it has a good number. It has uh, 87 overall. Now, I don't understand this. It says 67 for the style. Well, That's if they're right. looking at the, the Northeast Hazy Style IPA, okay, I get it. Because this has all that fruit and all this other stuff in it. The New England style. So the, that's the other word, and that may be why. And I, I don't brew enough. I'm not in the IPA world enough to know that if there is a difference between the New England style IPA and a Northeast style IPA. Mm-hmm. To me, they're both hazy, mm-hmm. citrusy, mm-hmm. resiny, hop forward IPAs. All right. So it's got a good rating. You know, I could read on down here, but. Well, and you did, you did Rogue for your last sour as well. With the boysenberry sour. Oh, another right. boysenberry. The berry that they had worked with one of the local universities on. Oh, yeah. What was that? <laughs> I'd, have to, I'd have to look it up. But they, I just remember that you've done Rogue. Now, for you know those of you who may not know, Rogue is a another very sustainably conscious beer beer producer. They focus not only on the beer that they make. They focus on the, they worry about the farms, mm-hmm. where the stuff come from, where the malt and the hops come from. They actually own a farm called Rogue Farms, mm-hmm. where they actually grow a lot of hops and mm-hmm. malt. So they're, they're a really fun company. And then they do, they do really great beer. And one thing I really like about Rogue, this is just a total aside. They sell their beers in, 16, in pint cans. Right. Rather than... 12 ounce can. I don't know why I like that. I think I just. It's more beer, Josh. It's, it's more beer, <laughs> but they, they usually are a little bit higher in price than some others. But it was, it was 14. That's not that bad. 14 for a four or 14 for a six. For a four. 14 for a four of pint cans. It's not that bad. No, I mean, not in today's, in today's beer market. Because you'll easily pay 10 to 12. Yeah, I think the left twelve hand, ounce. I think the left hand was twelve, but it was six. Yeah, okay. All right. It's six twelve ounce cans. But I don't know. I always just like that. There was another brewery that we used to get uh Sweetwater mm-hmm. from Manhattan, Kansas. Man, they had some really good beer. Yeah. Uh-huh. And that Buffalo Sweat. Yep. Oh man, that was good. But they always sold in in sixteen ounce cans too. 
which I just really like. Did you try the cheese yet? I have. Oh, well, okay. So I get a funky, it's a funky aftertaste with the cheese in this beer. And it reminds me of ketchup. What? I don't know why, and I can't put my finger on it. But it has this, like, sour, sweet, to, I just call it tomatoey. Let's call it what it is. Kind of, it kind of reminds me of ketchup, goat cheese, and blood orange sour beer turns to ketchup. I don't. Let me try it. I hadn't tried it yet. I'm not saying it's. It's not fully like ketchup. Mm. It's the aftertaste. Oh, it's like an ending taste of it, and it kind of reminds me of ketchup. But after the beer, yeah. After the cheese, the cheese. I eat the cheese, beer, and then I drink after. the beer, and that aftertaste. It's just it's kind of fleeting, but it just has that like high fructose corn syrup, ketchup mm. kind of, kind of taste like Heinz Hunt's ketchup. Mm. But the acid works really well with this cheese. It's almost like you have some orange marmalade on top of the cheese, um, which I think is good. I think the beer plays that. I think the beer kind of plays that role of like a marmalade or something or, um, you know, almost like that sweetness of a pepper jelly. Mm -hmm. I think the beer kind of takes that role with the goat's cheese specifically. I really do enjoy it. I think it's a good beer. I would probably not buy a four pack of it, but if I was out and I saw it, I may order a pint. Did you try that marmalade on top of that goat cheese? No, I have not. Oh, it's fantastic. Well, I knew it. I oh, knew it would be. <laughs> and the beer, the beer, it's, it's blood orange marmalade. And it's blood orange grapefruit beer. That's almost made in heaven. Now, here's a story. You, you said the hot pepper jelly. Yeah. I don't know if we told this story before or not. I don't think tell so. it anyway. I don't think so. So... I, this was pre-you. Okay. So your sister is four years older than you. So she was three, something, something like that. Anyway, and I had this garden in the back. And I had these beautiful, and I got some beautiful hot peppers right now. Uh, I had these beautiful jalapenos that had turned red. So I made a hot pepper jelly. So Joanne and I went on a trip. The, the house sitter the Marie sitter made Marie a peanut butter and hot pepper jelly sandwich. Oh, oh no. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and of course the, you know, she didn't know any better. Right. It looked like strawberry. I mean, it was beautiful red. Yeah. And so she whipped that on one side of the bread and whipped the peanut butter on the other side of the bread, slapped that together, cut it. Marie took a bite. <laughs> and made the face of, oh my goodness. Made the face of death. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know if she cried, because Marie didn't cry a whole lot, but it was probably, it was probably really hot. Yeah. But, uh, no, I like this beer. Yeah, it's a good beer. I've had both of these beers before. So what, what made you pick this one, since you couldn't find that sour IPA? So I couldn't find the sour IPA. I'm looking around. I'm trying to find... Another sour IPA, and this is an IPA, so I found this one, and I and I thought, you know, blood orange, how could I go wrong? 
Mm-hmm. You know, hazy IPA, not a pine needle IPA. <laughs> now, have you been to Rogue? I have not been to the the distillery. Okay. But when we were on our road trip, when I retired, we went into Portland and we wanted to stop for lunch between the car's GPS and the phone GPS. We got lost like three times. Oh, goodness. But finally found the rogue beer house okay. that was kind of in town. In Is it the one that was in there in Newport? Uh, it really... So... I don't think it was Newport, but you know, when you get into Portland, you're going to find a lot of suburbs and you don't really know what they are right? necessarily, but it was pretty far downtown actually. Okay. And they were, you know, typical getting lost in a big city. It's like, <laughs> here's the construction sign. You can't go that way. <laughs> and your GPS is saying, go that way. Right. Well, one of my favorites is, is the dead guy. The dead guy. Ale. Oh yeah. Have you ever had their the whiskey they make with that? Mm-mm. Yeah, so they make a they make a whiskey that's that's the same mash bill as as Dead Guy. So use the same basically the same wort, but they distill it rather than okay. Well, I don't see that bread. on this on this page I'm looking at. Well, are you looking at all their beers? I've got a picture of all their beers. Well, it's not a beer. I know. That's right. <laughs> so you that's need to look at their need to look at their spirits. They got coats the rogue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, these guys are really creative with the, their naming. They are. And if you haven't, listeners, go go to the website and find this little combat wombat video where where the brewers are going. What's going on? <laughs> yeah, it's really funny. And, you know, according to them, the combat wombat is brewing the beer. Yeah. And he comes in at night and eats the blood oranges that they leave for him. Yeah. Well, Rogue Rogue has, has grown. A very, they're very large in their operation. They have beers, spirits, canned cocktails, and they're also doing uh, CBD seltzers. Yeah. Okay. So they, they still have, they're, they're one of the first breweries that I know of that have been working with cbd okay yeah they have yeah and i don't know i don't know if they do it if they do actually any marijuana products like marijuana beverages in that they just sell in oregon with it being with its legality there but i know it's probably legal in that state it is i mean it's recreational legal so Mm -hmm. they could put it in into some sort of seltzer but they do they do a lot but they've started you know they started with that dead guy mm-hmm. and that was kind of their one uh the hazelnut brown mm-hmm. is really good they do a christmas hazelnut too every year i think, I think colossal claude honey they're, Roche. they're also one of the big forefronts in ipas yeah uh they're they're known for a lot of their ipas and doing a lot of they do a lot of fun experimental stuff but they also were some of the forefronters when it came to running down as many hops as they can, doing fresh hop stuff, doing mm-hmm. dry hop stuff, dry hopping, New England style, West Coast style, all sorts of IPAs. Shakespeare stout nitro, chocolate stout nitro, 
These are some stuff. I don't think I've seen that in our in our stores. No. <laughs> that will not come. Rolling thunder. That will not come this cereal. So what do you think of the chili? So the you know what I I'm gonna have to take another bite of the chili and then get a little drink of the beer because I didn't do that. So what do you think? So for me, it's nothing special. It was kind of forgettable. Because mm-hmm. I did the same thing. Like I was eating it, listening to you talk, took a drink of the beer, and then was still engrossed in the story. And so the pairing didn't catch my eye. Mm-hmm. It's not bad. It's just there's. It's a. It, more of, it seems to be the chili blah. Meat and the, and the beer's not blah. Neither is the chili, but it's like. Chili blah, meat and beer blah. And that's just like, hello. And then they just kind of disappear. I will. We're, yeah. we're here together and then boom, they're gone. Yeah. So that's kind of why I was like, what? Like, it's not bad. It's just, yeah. Now, I think if we had some cornbread, that may differ. Now, is it going to have either type, honey? <laughs> either type of cornbread. <laughs> either type of cornbread. That's a great, that's been a great debate amongst the. The Mills and Shelby household is the the sugar. Well, it hit sugar. somebody. Somebody wrote an editorial. Oh, that's too. right. You told me about that in <laughs> yeah, the paper. That person said if you put sugar or honey in your in your uh, cornbread, you ought to be that's uh, treason. You ought to be hung. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how I landed that. I think it depends on. I sometimes feel I think it depends like on your a little, a little sweetness, but. Typically not what the recipe asked for. Right. And definitely not what we had the other night. Right. I think it depends on your cornmeal. I think there are some cornmeals that are so dry and so flat Mm. that that they don't bring a whole lot of Mm -hmm. stuff to the party. Mm -hmm. And even, you know, I think even with just regular bread, like cornmeal needs a little help. Sometimes, mm-hmm. whether it's from buttermilk, sugar, honey, I think sometimes, I think depending on your type of cornmeal, sometimes it needs some help. Now, if it's like Jiffy or Aunt Jemima or something like that. Oh, we can't say that anymore. Well, I don't know the other company. But Miller, Milling, anyway. Large market brands <laughs> of non-organic, non earth nice cornmeal i think those may have a little bit more leeway but with it's like stone ground cornmeal from organic corn non-gmo i think when i've made it before i think they need a little bit of help see my dad would take the cornbread cut a piece off with his spoon put it in his buttermilk (laughs) stir it around a little bit yeah and like eat it like he was eating cereal. Right. Well, I love to put cornmeal in my chili or mm-hmm. cornbread in my chili. Me too. So that's where, you know, I get that flavor from. But I think that if it had that like cornmeal, it may, it may actually kind of bring it up a little bit and give it something to carry through and where kind of give it some, something for the beer to latch on to. Mm-hmm. Cause I think there's just nothing. Nothing there. There's no commonality for them to kind of match right. together or to discord enough mm-hmm. to where they kind of go together. Have you tried the scones? I have not yet. You're going to have to. I'm going to. 
<laughs> because you said so these are raspberry raspberry orange mm-hmm. and do they have kind of a sugar coating on them they're definitely sweet i don't think there's sugar coating it looks like it's pretty invisible if it's there to me that goes very well with this beer mm-hmm. and if you want it to go better get some of that marmalade <laughs> slap a little on the on the stone I wanted to try it, but I know first. I tried. I, you know that's where you got to start. You got to try it it's the way it was meant to be tried, and then try that. That blood orange marmalade is really good. Yeah. So the to me the the scone itself brings out more of the pithiness of the beer. So it reminds me of the, like the orange pith or the orange rind. A little bit more, kind of makes it a little bit more austere of a flavor when it comes to the beer. What do you think? So you're saying it it makes it do what? Makes it? It shows more of the bitter citrus pieces rather than the sweet juice. So I'm getting the raspberry Mm. of the scone. Okay. And I'm getting the grapefruit and the blood orange of the beer. And so the raspberry is sweet and the grapefruit is not. It's but it's it's the sour. And then the blood orange is kind of somewhere in the middle, I think. And so to me, I didn't get this pithiness like you said. I just get these different fruit flavors and the fruit textures. You know, there's some texture in that beer and there's a lot of texture in the scone. Yeah. And so I think they're working well together. And then when you put the texture of that blood orange marmalade on there, Mm -hmm. that just, for me, that's over the top. Yeah, I think with the blood orange marmalade is is the best because it does carry through a little bit more to the beer. And it's definitely, I, if I tasted this wine, I would not call this an IPA. Mm-mm. I don't think I would. I think I'd have a hard time. I think I'd just call it a fruited sour. It doesn't have a whole lot of that normal IPA pininess. It just has the citrus, which carries through. See that, that proves how not all IPAs are, Pine trees. Well, yeah. Spruce tree. But this is not just an IPA. Well, right. This is a sour-fruited IPA. Right. So, I I don't think you could compare this. It wouldn't be apples to apples to compare the Bat Squatch, which is their hazy IPA, Mm -hmm. to this Combat Wombat. Right. To me, they're two two totally different styles of beer. Mm -hmm. Even though they're both both hazy IPAs. Right. Now I like this website too because it has it has food choices, food recipes with some of their different beers. Mm-hmm. You know how to make a rogue dead guy ale beer bread, which you've done before. I think I have. Yeah, you've used that before. And then there was one year that you made it with Lord God from Flyway Barrel Age Lord God. That that was that was better, wasn't it? <laughs> that was that was better, but it hurt my soul a little bit. You were 
using pouring, pouring that dead guy, or pouring that barrel, uh, barrel aged Lord God into into, into a, a mixture bread. with bread. Yes. Well, but when you ate the bread, you liked it. I'm not saying I didn't like it. I'm saying why would you use a barrel aged beer it that might, way? Well, guys, that would make well, is there anything else you kind of want to go go through into this? Well, beer? one of the things I did notice on their website, and and you can't see it, it was just word said they've made sixty different beers. They don't have sixty on their website. They don't show sixty, so I think they have a repertoire mm-hmm. of sixty. Mm-hmm. And so I, I assume a lot of those are seasonal, and like this one, says it's from. June to September, but uh, and I bought it just the other day in December. So, you know, sometimes sometimes uh, stuff sit on the shelf, and I'm sure people walk by it, maybe like you would have, and you you saw, ooh, it's a fruity IPA. No, thank you. But I like it. I mean, it's I like a lot of those real heavy IPAs, but this one's really nice. Yeah, it's a it's a very different style of beer. I think it's a it could be a transitional beer for people from mm-hmm. into sours or even possibly into IPAs, depending on what they like about the beer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it's good. Well, you ready for best on plate? Yeah. So let's start with my plate. Right. Um, the wheels goes around with the chicken, the brie, or the cheesecake. What do you think? Chicken, yeah, chicken, one hundred percent. I think the front. I mean, the others were good. Okay, and like you said, that cheesecake just, you know, it just kind of vaporized, right? But the cheese was really good. But the chicken, because it had the fat, it had the saltiness of the outside skin. It was absolutely best on plate for yours. Yeah, it was. It was very good. The brie though was actually very good. It kind of mixed in. It was almost like you put the marmalade on it. Mm-hmm. On the on the brie, which worked really really well, but I have to agree with you, the chicken was probably the best pairing. The fried chicken was probably the best pairing on my plate. Yeah. All right. What about your plate? Well, let's see. I had the goat cheese, and and I had the chili, and then I had those scones. So I think we both agreed that the that the goat cheese. You you said the ketchup thing, and I didn't really get that, but. It just didn't work as well as I'd hoped. You know, goat cheese in a beer seems to a lot of times, or especially the wines, I thought it was going to work really well. Mm-hmm. It worked okay. The chili I thought was going to work very well. It just worked okay. But for me, best on the plate was the scone, and especially if you add that blood orange marmalade to it. So what was the best on the plate? The scone. scone with or without the marmalade? With. Okay. I'm going to go with the scone without the marmalade. Okay. I think that was kind of the best match for what was going on with the glass. The marmalade was good, but I think it didn't need it. Well, you're it right. Kinda, it it, it kind of took them both. You're, you're absolutely correct. It didn't need it. But I wanted that blood orange marmalade because I knew there's blood orange in this beer. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to do somewhat of a like-like. And to me, that was the best like-like ever. Yeah. 
because I mean the marmalade and the scone by itself. You're right. It was it was really good. That you know that was uh, really good. Really, because the marmalade itself tastes like the beer does. Yes, it does. It tastes very similar to the beer itself. We could have just stirred some in, right? <laughs> no, cause no. Then it, then it would have been chunky. Yeah. Then there would have been that whole thing, like your blueberry sauce with the with the coffee. Oh, don't bring that back. Up. <laughs> All right. Well. All right. Well, you ready to blind a beer? I'm gonna be ready. All I don't right. know if I'm gonna get it, but I'm gonna do my best. All right. We'll get it poured up. All right, Dad. So we got the blind poured up for you. Go ahead and uh, let us know what it is. Well. You just poured it, and there's really no head here. So uh, that's interesting. It's a uh, it's a golden brown. It's uh, got pretty good texture to it, at least from the from the swirl. What am I getting on the nose? So I'm getting a little little nuttiness. Hmm. That's about all I'm getting. So, like I said, a little brown. Take, give it a little taste here. Oh, yeah. It's more than I this that way. So, now what? Hmm. The alcohol doesn't, doesn't seem to be really way up there. It doesn't seem to have any kind of barrel aging to it. Okay. It, uh... It's got a nice color to it. It's it's that amber brown. I think I already said that. I don't know, Josh. Well, talk through it. You mm-hmm. said you're getting nutty. What type of nuttiness are you getting? Are you getting any funkiness? Are you getting any sweetness? Are you getting any florality? So I don't get any don't get any real saltiness to it. Don't get any real floridity to it. Don't get a whole lot of earth. It's just, just kind of that nuttiness. I'm not jumping to the chase, so don't jump jump out here at me. I if it was a nut brown, I think I would get a lot more nuttiness. Okay. It just seems to be kind of light on that nuttiness. So, what would that mean? So, so my, my first question to you, as always, is it hop driven? Is it malt driven? Is it a sour? I'd say no, it's not a sour. It's it's not doesn't seem to be hop driven. It seems to be malt driven. Okay. So now if it's malt driven, mm-hmm. you're looking at what? Porters, stouts, box, hells, fest beers. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't look like a porter. It doesn't look like a stout. Okay. It could be it's a little dark, maybe for hells. Yeah, I would agree with that. Now they are some. There are some porters that are lighter color than the darkness that we usually see. But, but are those going to be in Arkansas? I don't think so. Okay, so don't. So I, I, I think you're on the right track taking out stouts and porters. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about. Browns, reds, box, um, ambers. So this would... Now, have you had this beer before? I think I have. Okay. Where did I have it? <laughs> so... Don't it, forget to chew. Don't yeah. forget to chew on the beer. So, 
you said amber bach it's sort of like an amber bach okay let me give it a taste with some chew chewing really opens up this beer especially because it is a little bit cold it really does open up the flavors a little bit more to kind of give you to let you dissect into that nuttiness that you're tasting yeah that uh I'm swishing it around. You get you get a lot of. There's still no floridity. Mm-hmm. There's still no salty. Okay. There's still no barrel aged. So porter stouts, forget it. Bop. So you haven't talked about any kind of sweetness. You've missed the sweetness point on the star. There is sweetness, but it's not high. Okay. Is is it sugary sweetness? Is it honey sweetness? Is it natural sweetness? Is it fruity sweetness? What type of sweetness is it? Okay. Hmm. Give it another taste. So, I don't think it's a natural sweetness. I'm going to say it's sort of a honey sweetness. Okay. So, I'm going to... Here we go. No, here it comes. So, I'm going to say it's a honey bock. From? From... You want me the brewery? I think you know. I think you have an idea of what brewery it's from. Well, I would say it's uh, Honeybock from Lost 40. All right. And if I'm wrong, it's still a good beer. (laughs) I like it. I've had it before. We'll drink it all day long. Oh, yeah. It's a day drinker. (laughs) So it's not the day drinker from from Lost 40. But it can be a day drinker. Dad has said that this is the Love Honeybock. From Lost Furry Brewing here in Little Rock, Arkansas. And you'll have to come back next week to find out whether or not he is correct. And next week is going to be a liquor week. I'm going to do an Uzo. Oh. Oh. You know what you're going to do. So we're going to be doing liquors and dad's just jumping straight feet first and and doing an Uzo. That's right. I'm going to do an Uzo. Okay. I've got lots of Uzo stories, Josh. <laughs> you won't believe all the Uzo stories I've got. That's from Greece. I don't know what other liquors there are from Greece. Right. So, what do you think you might do? Um, I think I am going to do... I think I'm going to do an Eau de Vie. So, I'm going to find a, a distillate, a wine-based distillate. Called an eau de vie. Is that from Greece or is that from anywhere? It's most likely from anywhere, but a lot of times they come from France. Oh, okay. So I'll be doing an eau de vie and dad's going to be doing an ouzo. We've so. talked about ouzo times on the show <laughs> and we still hadn't done it. So I think it's yeah. time to do it. Yeah, I heard you guys on the on the gin on the gin podcast, the gin cocktail podcast talking about talking about some ouzo. So I knew it was uh, I knew it was a coming. Yeah, yeah. So Dad's going to be doing Uzo. And well, I think Tamiko wants to, wants to taste some Uzo or something. <laughs> she kept well, talking about it. And I'm going to be doing yeah, probably an Eau de Vie. Eau de Vie. And it's going to be a great time. Well, Dad, another fantastic podcast in the books. I really enjoyed this one. I mean, Sours, you know, the listeners got to think outside their box. Exactly. You know, I think the listeners that we have are not Bud Light or Coors Light people. Right. But Sours may not be in their wheelhouse. Yeah. So get it. So it's okay to get outside your wheelhouse and try something. If you don't like it, don't go back and get it. (laughs) 
Exactly. There's a lot out there on the market. And I think uh, if you just jump in, give them a try, I think you'll have a good time. Well, remember, we are very happy to have you guys along this wonderful journey with us. Uh, Remember to give us a like, a subscribe, or a follow on your favorite podcast platform. Give us a rating. Send up some stars. Let us know what you like, what you don't like about our podcast. We We look forward to seeing those. Follow us on social media, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We are most active on Instagram. And if you feel like sending us an email, we're acquiredtastings at gmail.com. All right. It's going to be going to be a good time. I hope everybody is having a wonderful holiday season. And I hope you guys are staying safe. And once again, this is Josh Mills. And this is John Mills. And we'll see you next time. Thank you and goodbye.